I'm going to be preaching, you put it on the screen, I'm going to be preaching the next few weeks on a series, Taking Dominion Over Your Thoughts. Taking Dominion Over Your Thoughts. And uh, so this morning, we'll start out with the text for that series. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, if you'll turn to that in your Bibles, iPads, iPhones, uh, whatever you have. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. Would you stand with me this morning for the reading of the Word? Now, I'm reading in the old King James English because that's how I grew up listening to these verses. And I know it. I know it like this. I've memorized it like this. And uh, there's other good translations on it, but this, this is this. Ah, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We won't talk about strongholds this morning, but you've got to get that. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's our series, Take a Dominion Over Your Thoughts. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that as I preach it this morning, you would just stand right here beside me. Speak through me. Help me, Lord to convey this that's going to help somebody, going to change someone's life. This series is going to change someone's life. And I pray that it begins today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. My life has changed. I'll talk about that here in just a few moments. But my life has changed from this. In just the last few weeks, my life has changed. How many you know that can happen? I'm the pastor of the church. I should be through all these changes. No, I still got some changes. We are in a war. The weapons of our warfare. We're in a war. If you don't recognize that, you're not in the war. If you're not in the war, you're in trouble this morning. The weapons of our warfare, our warfare, those weapons are not carnal but they're mighty through God. They're not natural. Come on, it's not natural. Our weapons are not natural. We don't fight like everybody else fights. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? We don't fight like others do. We are in a constant living warfare. Christians who do not know or understand this fact are constantly living in a state of slavery. If you don't know that you are in a war, yet the enemy is continually attacking, you are continually being defeated. I put that down this week. Is that all right? If you, if you're, if you don't realize that you're being attacked, but you are being attacked, you're being defeated. I've been watching the news of a war going on over in the other part of the world. Interesting to me to see this. Interesting to see a country that's not taking it lying down, but they know that they're at war. There are two 
These are two of the most informative verses in the entire New Testament. They tell us that we're at war and where the war is being waged. It says we are in a warfare, and then the next verse says that we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So it says your weapons are not carnal. Then it tells you what they are and how we, how we fight this battle. You don't, you don't fight this battle in the flesh. You fight this battle in your spirit and in your mind. Can I get a witness? In this series, you will be, we'll, we'll be referring back to these two verses every week. And I hope to help you with your thought life and your mind. I, I just completed listening to a book, and now I'm going back and reading it because Kathy says listening to it's not really reading it. So, so I'm going back and I'm reading it. Now, I'm reading it because it was so good listening, it was, it's even better reading it, truthfully. The title of that book is Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Groeschel. Write that down. I was going to put it on the screen, but I don't have it today. Write that down. Every person needs to read this book along with your Bible reading winning the war in your mind uh, some of the things in this series I'm going to get from some of the research that's in that book but I'm not giving you a book report but I am because you know if someone's done the research I don't need to rewrite history books I just need to read what history said and so some of the things that I give you not especially this morning will not be but in weeks to come are things that, that, I, that I learned as I, as I began to, and, and, they, and it changed my life. I'm going to tell you right up front, there are some things that I've said to myself out loud sometimes that about four weeks ago I quit doing. I stopped it. I said, God, this isn't right. It was negative stuff. It was destructive stuff to myself. Bad self-talk. I was talking to myself. Talking to myself and feeling low. Only five people in here will know where that was from. Sometimes I like to quit. Nothing ever seems to fit. Okay, never mind. Move on, Jimmy. But that's what I was doing talking to myself I, I, I began reading that book and I began praying and I said God what am I doing what have I been doing and God says you're talking to yourself and you're saying things you don't need to say so about four weeks ago I stopped it I stopped it now when I go to bed at night and that, those words try to come out those words try to come out I stop it immediately I say God God, you're in control of my life. You're in control of everything that I'm doing. God, I yield it all to you. I will not be defeated. Come on, somebody. I plan to go back to some of my earlier messages that are preached that I deal with. It. There's, some preaching, there's some preaching that I've preached that I have to preach again. Understand, I've been preaching for 45 plus years. And some of those sermons I preached and... and there's some of them I preach at least every five years. Some of them more often than that. 
One of the oldest sermons that I've preached this comes from this text. And let me give you this. 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 1. Taking you through the Old Testament today. Listen to this. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, that was the enemy, okay? That was the enemy. Came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. This is an Old Testament war about to take place, okay? And when Hezekiah, that was the king of Israel, saw that Sennacherib had come, king of Judah, who was Hezekiah's king of Judah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus, many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the king of Assyria come and find much water? You got that? And he strengthened himself, Hezekiah, built up all the wall that was broken, raised it up to the towers, and built another wall outside. Also, he repaired the Milo inside, in the city of David, and made Weapons and shields in abundance, getting ready for war. Then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and gave them encouragement, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah the king. Now we stop right there. Now, here, here is what they did. Hezekiah found that they were coming, they were coming, uh, the enemy Sennacherib was coming out against him. And so he said, let's do this. Let's stop up the streams of water coming from without the city inside. Let's go out and stop the streams of water. He said, why should the enemy come and find our water supply? The, the title of this message today is, Don't Let the Devil Find Your Water Supply. And yes, I've preached that many times but this last week I've, I've revised it I've revisited it I've revived it and it's, it's a little different but here it is don't let the devil find your water supply why should, the, why should the enemy come and find this this was a strategic move on the part of Hezekiah the waters from the fountains flowed from the upper Gahon, or what is now known as the Virgin's Fount, to the lower Gahon, which was later known as, uh, as the Pool of Siloam. We've heard of it. By covering up, by covering the upper Gahon, they were able to keep the enemy from finding their source of supply. So the enemy came and thought that he had them trapped, and they would starve. And they would run out of water. But they, they didn't, the enemy didn't realize they had a secret supply. 
somebody ought to go ahead and go ahead and get a little excited. They had a secret supply that the enemy didn't know about. Sennacherib is the enemy of Judah. We are in an all-out warfare against our enemy, who is Satan. Now, let me just tell you this. Probably no one in this room has ever encountered Satan. Okay. Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. God is omnipresent. Satan is not God. He's not even the opposite of God. He's a created being like the angels. The angels are not omnipresent. Gabriel can't be in this room and be someplace else at the same time. Neither can Satan. So you've probably not encountered Satan himself, but he has a horde of angels that fell with him. A third of the angels fell from heaven, and they're what we call principalities and powers and mights and dominions and spiritual wickedness in high places, demons, right? So you got, this is, this is a good time of the year to talk about this. There's demons everywhere. You walk outside, you may see one. I mean, there's just demons everywhere. So the, Satan himself is over the powers of darkness. However, you're probably encountering a lower-ranking angel, not Satan himself. You're just not that important yet for Satan himself to come to your door. But you are drawing attention from demons and demonic forces. Are we okay with this? That's where our enemy is. It's not the person sitting next to you. It's not the person on the job. We wrestle not against what? I'll say it once again, flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, mights and dominions, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we are in a warfare this morning, and the way the enemy attacks, he, he, he didn't come in the door. The, the demon that's bothering you didn't just walk in the door with horns and all red and everything. Because then you would have just said, I know who you are. But he didn't do that. He comes into your mind. We'll talk about that. Ephesians 6.12, I said it a while ago. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, uh, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're working, we're working against some of the helpers of Satan this morning. They they were all angels in heaven, and two-thirds of them stayed, and one-third of them fell. Now, let me tell you this. The devil or demons cannot read your mind. All right? Did I tell you that they're not equal to God? God knows what you're thinking. Your wife may know what you're thinking. And sometimes, but God always knows what you're thinking. God knows what's in your mind. He can read your mind. You need this for this message to work for you today because it's truth. Satan and his demons are observers. Here, here's, they, they can speak into your mind. They can speak to you. But there's no indication from the Bible that they can get information out of it. 
Let me give you an example. Go over to Job chapter 1. Sound like Dean, don't I? Go to Job chapter 1. Well, I'm not going to quote it, but I'm going to tell you about it. Job chapter 1. God, Satan came up before God. He can do that, by the way. He came before God. And, and, and God said, what have you been doing? He's been going to and fro on the earth. What is he doing? Observing. Observing. And so God said to Satan, to Lucifer, to Satan, said, oh, have you observed my servant Job? And Satan said, yes, I have. But you've got a hedge built around him, and I can't get through to him. I can only observe him. I can't get through to him. I can't read his mind. Come on. I can't read his mind. But if you will allow me to just get through to him, I may not be able to read his mind, but I can input some stuff that will really make him curse you. God said, okay. I'll remove the hedge, and I'll let you in. So he did, and Satan got in, and, and he attacked his body. He attacked Job's body, and, and he tried to attack his mind because all of Job's comforters came to talk to him, and all of them were attacking his mind. You've sinned. You've done something wrong. But there's no condemnation to them. Hmm, come on. Now, 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 does God still do that? Someone said, well, God, won't, God doesn't do that. God wouldn't do that. In the New Testament, it doesn't show that. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Peter came before Jesus one day, and Jesus said, uh, Simon, Simon, Satan has to sift you, sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Stay right there. Stay right there. He said, uh, the devil's come to me and asked me if he could get through to you. And, and, and Peter said, and you told him no, didn't you? Yeah, I've preached this before. I've preached this before. Peter, what did you tell him? And Jesus said, prayers I'm praying for you that's what he said he said I'm praying for you he didn't say I told I told him he couldn't get through to you he said so yes he can still do that he can and he does still do that now 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 understand this go uh, go, go over go over to first Corinthians first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 the temptation in your lives the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you the way out so that you can endure. Here's what He's saying. He's saying, look, He's saying, yes, the devil can tempt you. And yes, God's going to let him tempt you. And you said, well, but God won't let him do more than I can stand. And, and you, say, you say, well, I couldn't stand that, and God knew that. No, if, if anything has come against you, it's nothing that is not common to man. The devil doesn't have any new tricks. He's got a three-point plan. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's... His, his plan hasn't changed. His, he does what he's always done. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can't kill you, he'll destroy. If he can't destroy you, he's doing everything he can, and he does it in your mind. He, do, he works on your mind. 
He's working on your mind right now. Some of you is working on you right now, right in the middle of this message. Yeah, I know. He's working on you. I'm preaching and he's preaching. I'm in one ear and he's in the other. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that preacher. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm, I'm stronger than that. That's what Sennacherib did. Sennacherib came in and he said, Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stronger than you think. Uh, no, you're not. So, so how do we defeat the devil in our minds? Well, first of all, never talk defeat. Quit talking. Keep your mouth shut. Shuttest thou up. Verse 7 through 8 of that scripture I just read to you. Second Chronicles, actually verse, starting in verse 6, here's what it said. Let me give it to you in the King James Version. It says, and he set captains, this is Hezekiah, set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spoke com comfortably to them, saying, be strong and courageous, be not afraid, nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. With him is the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people, get this, rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. See, they rested, look at these scriptures. Here's what it says. He gave them encouragement. The Bible says he spoke comfortably to them. The Bible speaks of that many times throughout the, the Bible. It talks about speaking comfortably to Jerusalem. And then here's what he said. He said, be strong and courageous. This is not the only place you see this in the Bible. Joshua chapter 1. God's called in Joshua. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now you get up and you lead these people. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Listen, meditate on the word. Meditate on the law day and night. Be strong. Be courageous. And not only that, he said, be not afraid nor dismayed because of the king of Assyria. Then he said, there are more with us than with them. You need to, if you can get that truth this morning, it'll help you. When I told you that a third of the angels fell from heaven, two-thirds of them didn't fall. So for every demon that's bothering you, there's two angels. Isn't that good? He's outnumbered. It's not fair. I love it. Who says you have to fight fair? No, I'm in it to win. There are more with us than with them. With him is the arm of flesh. And with us, the Lord to help us and to fight our battles. Not only is there more with us, but with him is only whatever he can gather together. But on your side, you've got God who is going to fight your battle for you. And with you. So you're not by yourself. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah. They rested themselves. It's the Hebrew word salmak, which means to lean, to lay, to rest, to support, to put, to uphold, to lean upon, to support, to uphold, to sustain. That's what... That's what I'm doing right now. I am preaching. The Bible says God chose the foolishness of preaching to confound the wisdom of the wise. I'm here preaching to confound you. And you may think it's foolish, 
The Bible's already said, God chose it. You can get all kinds of philosophers, all kinds of teachers in this room that can tell you how none of this can possibly be true, but let God be true. And every man a liar. God's true. So what I'm doing this morning, while I'm preaching to you, while I'm preaching to you, I'm doing the same thing Hezekiah was doing. He got out there and he said, oh, oh let me tell you, here's what God's going to take care of us. He's going to encourage us. He's going to fight for us. He's going to do all this. He's preaching to those people. And you know what they did? They did exactly what you ought to be doing with my preaching right now. I want you to just rest on what I'm saying. Would you just kind of lean on me? Just lean on me this morning. Lean on what, take what I'm saying and just, and you know it's true because it's the word. I'm not just giving you stuff out of a book because we haven't got to that book yet. But I've got to another book and I'm giving you stuff out of that book. And that book says, be strong and courageous for, there's more with you than, oh, that ought to encourage somebody. There's more with you that's with him. And God is here to fight our battles, to fight with us. Now, he's not going to just let us sit over there and he's going to go over here and fight. But he says, come on, come on, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to be right there. But I'm going to be in your mind. I'm going to be in your heart. I'm going to be in your family. I'm going to be in your life. And while you're fighting, I'm there all the way. And you just keep fighting because I'm the one winning the battle. But I'm letting you just stand here with me. Isn't that great? I know. He's got, he told Jehoshaphat, he said, he said, get the singers. Don't get the warriors. Ricky didn't ask for the warriors. He said, get the singers, get the singers, Tell the, and go out there and begin to sing and praise the beauty of holiness. Do you, you know where we really started this morning getting victory? It wasn't whenever I said, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. It's whenever Matt and the praise worshipers and the musicians got up and they started singing, we need a move. They started singing, miracles happened in this room. That's that's when it started. That's whenever God came down manifestly into this place where two or three are gathered. There He is in the midst of us. And that's where the battle started this morning. That's where you started winning this morning. It's when we started praising the beauty of holiness. And said, Oh God, God, we praise you, God. We lift you, God. We magnify you, God. God, we pray, God, that when you're praise, when you walk through your house and you're praising God, just, oh, Lord, I praise you. Oh, God, you're a God above all gods. The devil doesn't have a chance. You don't even have to deal with it. You just keep, you just keep talking to God. God, I want you to just, God, just be, be magnified in my life. God, be magnified in my house. God, be magnified in this car. God, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, God, be magnified. And God says, I'm right here with you to fight your battle. And I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to stand with you. And I'm going to walk with you. And I will never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. They rested themselves. Now, they could have said, they could have said, yeah, but Hezekiah. Yeah, but Hezekiah. Look at them. Look at them out there. Look how big they are. Look how bad they are. Look what they're doing. Look what they're saying. And Hezekiah said, don't listen to them. You listen to me. And they rested themselves. So I, I, I can help you today. If you'll listen to me today, I can help you today. I'm not, I'm by no means, there is no arrogance in what I'm saying. I humbly understand that if God was not helping me right now, I would drop right now. If God was not anointing right now, I would stop this very moment. 
But I'm telling you that I, thus says the Lord, I am in this place. Here's what the Lord is saying. I am in you. I am in you. I'm not just with you. I'm in you. I'm operating through you. You are my child. I'm your God. I will take care of you. This, oh, listen, this is what God, this is what God said. I, 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 be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't be dismayed. Don't be distraught. Don't be depressed. Don't be despondent. God is saying, I'm here. And then he says this in his word. He says, uh, Paul said, if God is for us, wait, wait, if God is for us, come on, somebody. If God is for us, if God is for me, who can be against me? He who spared not his own son, but delivered up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Mm. That's what hearing the word preached does for you. This is why we're here today. This is why you're watching online. Because we need the preaching. We need the proclamation. We need this this morning. This message I'm preaching to you right now is something to lean on. When you're distressed or despondent, all you need is a word. I have an accountant. Uh, most of us do. I have an accountant that works with my taxes and has done so for 32 years. And, uh, and this, this guy's great. He's not only that, he's a Pentecostal preacher. And that, that just helps. That just kind of helps. Because some, some of these taxes are of the devil. Anyway, so, so I, I, I had to have help. Back in 1990, I was with a different accountant, and, and ministers' taxes is different. It's just different. It's complex. There's so much to deal with in ministers' taxes. So, so he had to have someone who knows what they're doing. Well, back in those days, there was a, there was a thought out there that you know, we were to file a certain way, and we did for years, and, and it was fine. But then the IRS decided we couldn't file like that. We shouldn't file like that. We had to file a different way. And so I got a letter in the mail back in 1990 from the IRS saying that they wanted to meet with me. <sighs> I, I don't want to meet with them. But they wanted to meet with me, and they set a date. They said, we wanna, we're going to audit you. We're going to look through your taxes. We're going to look through your returns. And on this day, and, I, and I'm an honest person. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to go to hell over taxes or anything else, but it's certainly not going to be taxes. Uh, I mean, if you see how much taxes I pay, you, you, you know that I'm not cheating anybody because it's, it's a lot of taxes. I believe in paying taxes. If you're supposed to do it, I'm going to do it too. I don't try to do anything to get away from paying what I'm supposed to pay. So I had a, I, and I was, I was scared to death. I have to meet the IRS. I've been, and I've been, the accountant I was with had led me kind of a, uh, into a way that wasn't exactly the right way. So, so someone, someone gave me the name of an accountant that, that, uh, that was, like him, was a preacher and was really good with ministers. So, so he said, come into my office. So I went to his office. He said, bring your last five years return. So I brought them, and I laid them down on a table. And he walked through, he walked through, and he opened the page here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Opened the page there. Okay, all right. Open the page there. Okay, okay. All five years. He said, um, 
he said, okay, he said, um, I, will, I will amend all these five years and take out the problem that the IRS seems to be having. I said, okay. He said, okay, just leave them with me. I've got it. He said, now, he said, uh, do, you, do you want to meet with the IRS? I said, no. no. He said, then that meeting is over. He said, that meeting is over. And he said, from now on, he said, if they want to meet with you, they'll meet with me. That was 32 years ago. I still used the same man. Now, here's what I did. I rested myself on his words. I went home smiling, laughing. Now, I had to pay in a little bit more money, but that's fine. I'd rather pay in more money here than in jail. Yeah, thank you, sir. Okay. And over the years, over the years, this accountant of mine, I've called him before and I've said, oh, I, I said, I said, am I going to jail? He said, Jimmy, you're not going to jail. <laughs> he just told that. But I rested, I rested myself. Now, this is a man who, who has learned taxes. He knows some stuff about taxes. This is a man who knows what the law says. And he operates within the law and never steps out of it with, with me or any of his clients. And I rested himself. How much more? Should we not rest ourselves in what the Word of God has said when God has never lost a battle? He's never lost anything. He's won every time. He wins every time. And whatever He tells you, you can just rest. And God says, God says don't, don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downtrodden. Don't be despondent God says I'm for you I'm not against you I, uh, you know that God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus by his stripes we are healed and God said that and when I see those words I just whoo oh oh yes Lord oh yes Lord Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know that song we used to sing that we don't sing anymore because nobody knows it anymore? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. All I've got to do, Sister Dory, is just say yes. Mm. They rested themselves. Mm. Now, Hezekiah was preaching to Judah he was proclaiming the strength of the Lord. He was building up their faith and their courage. This is an example of true faith and trust in God and their king. They believed their king and therefore believed God who inspired him to say these things. Resting upon the words of another is true faith in that person. It literally means to put complete confidence in, reliance on, and cease from all worry. So, if we're going to defeat the devil in our lives, we must learn to never talk defeat. I brought that up all ago. That's, that's where I still am. Never talk defeat. Quit saying, I'm not going to make it. You scratch that off the list right now. I'm not going to make it. Jesus didn't die for you not to make it. He didn't rise again for you not to make it. Quit saying, I'm afraid. 
Are we okay? Quit saying, I give up. Quit saying, I'm a loser. Somebody, I just hit somebody. I just hit somebody. Quit saying, I'm no good. Now in verse 11, here's what Sennacherib said. Sennacherib sent word to Judah. And he said, the enemy said, does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? He said, listen, here's what Hezekiah's telling you this stuff, but listen to this. Never listen to the devil. Never listen to the devil. Jesus didn't listen to the devil. In the wilderness, when he was being tempted, and the devil came and said, oh, why don't you cast yourself off of this? And Jesus said, it's written, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Oh, oh, why don't you turn this into bread? Why don't you turn this rock into bread? Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He wouldn't listen to him. He, well, we listen to him. But he wouldn't listen to him. And the reason you shouldn't listen to him is because the devil is a liar. Oh, yeah. He's a liar. John chapter 8, verse 43 says this. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Ooh. And, and, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Don't listen to the devil. He's a liar. He's a liar. The devil's lying to you. He's lying to you. He lied. Sennacherib lied to the people of Judah and to Hezekiah. He said, nobody else has been able to stand before us. Oh, yeah, they have. The devil is also a historian. Second Chronicles 32, verse 13. Do you not know that I and my fathers have done to all the people of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hand? This is Sennacherib saying, look, look I, I, listen, nobody's been able to deliver anyone out of my hand. And, and then in verse 15 he says, Now therefore do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this, and do not believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Furthermore, his servants spoke against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. But here's what Psalm 97 verse 9 says, For you, Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Right. Jesus never listened to the devil. He never listened to the devil. Now here's what I want you to get. I'm bringing it back around. Never let the devil find your water supply. Hezekiah knew something Sennacherib didn't know. Sennacherib thought that they had shut them in. But Hezekiah had gone and hidden the streams where the enemy couldn't see that they're still getting water. 
they're still getting a supply. They're still being. See, uh, uh, Hezekiah knew where their supply was. He knew that the people were not going to die of thirst. Not only did Hezekiah know where the supply was, but he kept this information hid from the enemy. Samson learned this lesson, but he learned it too late. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6 says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. The devil cannot read your mind. He receives information about you from observation. If you're having trouble with any area in your life, don't give the devil information he can use against you. Watch yourself talk. Lust? You say, you know, I've got problems with lust in my life. Watch your mouth. You say, it, it doesn't keep me from thinking it. Yeah. Someone says, oh, it's just as bad to do it as to, to, think, to think it as to do it. No, it's not. No, it's not. You've thought about slapping someone before, but you didn't do it. I promise you it had been worse you've done it. Don't do it. That doesn't even make sense. Lust starts in the mind. The devil tempts you. Comes, comes with something in your mind. It's in your mind. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your eye. Job said, and I'll preach this in another message, but Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I won't look on a young woman. He did. Watch what you're watching on television. Quit watching just everything that comes on. It's not pleasing. It's okay to watch television, okay to watch some movies, but be careful because the devil's observing what you enjoy. He says, yeah, it seems like, they, seems like he kind of enjoys looking at other women. Yeah, he's observing you. Watch yourself talk. I don't have any faith. Watch that. Don't talk about your pastor. Don't talk about your church. Don't talk about your discouragement. And quit talking about your marriage. Okay? I want to tell you, she's not what she used to be, but neither are you. In fact, she's probably still better than you are. Sorry. I said, quit talking about it. Quit talking about it. Now, the devil is listening and the devil is watching. How do we learn from this? What, what if you have a weakness in a certain area? and you don't want to go broadcasting it to the enemy and you have this weakness but you want to go to the Lord in prayer but you don't want the devil to hear everything so I had this question I thought okay how do we, how do we handle this so I, I called I called one of the best theologians that I know and here's what Dean Caldwell said I called him I said Dean I'm preaching this message help me I said in this area I need a little help I said, I want to pray, I want to pray, and I don't want the devil to hear everything I'm telling God. Right? Right? And by the way, about therapy, I'm not against therapy and getting some good help. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm, I'm you getting some help. But follow these same, follow these same instructions. So Dean took me over to a scripture in the New Testament out of Matthew. I think it's got, do I have it on the screen? Luke, 
Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Got this? What does it say? Evil spirits do what? Evil spirits do what? They obey you. Right? Evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your name is registered in heaven. Listen to this. Listen. listen. Demons obey you. So if you've got one in the room that's listening to you, you go to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18. And here's what it says. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I'm praying to God, and I want the devil not to know everything I'm talking about. So while I'm praying, I said, devil, demons, in this room, I bind you. If you've, if you've snuck in here, if you're here trying to hear what I've got to say in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I cast you out. I'm about to have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about my problems. And you can tell him because the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And in that part of confession, he will not allow the enemy to attack you with it. Because the enemy comes in. Now, he knows what you've done. He's watched you all your life. He's the accuser of the brethren. That's what he does. But you cast him down. Because the Bible says the devils obey you. They obey you. And if you say, you've got to get out of this room right now, they've got to get out of the room. Oh, that's good preaching right there. Man, I like, thank you, Dean, for giving me that scripture. I had to send this to him. He'll be proud. When another country is coming against our country, the most foolish thing the president can be, whoever he is, is to get on TV and say, well, this is what we're fixing to do. Or, or another country is coming against another country doing something. Here's what we're going to do. If they do this, then we're going to do this. And, and CNN and Fox News and everybody else wants tell us what you're going to do. You know what the president ought to say? Whoever it is. And I'm just talking about the president when I'm talking about any of them. They ought to say, you know, we just can't give that information out. Because I've got news for you. CNN can reach some of these countries. It reaches around the world. There's people in tents in Saudi Arabia watching CNN. You don't want to give all that out. So why should we broadcast everything that we're, you know, I'm going to tell you, I've got, God, God's, God's going to do something, and God's, and, and so, but don't just say, you know, at 10 o'clock tomorrow, Eastern time, or Central time, or whatever it is, we're going to pull out the big guns, we're going to head over there and we're going to fly over and we're going to bomb and we're going to do all this stuff. No, you don't tell that stuff. Don't let the devil find your water supply. I'm trying to close. Are you, can you tell it? How does it... Now, this, by the way, this, by the way, is the reason I pray in tongues as much as I do. Not so that I can brag like Paul said, thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. But when I pray, Carla, when I pray and I'm praying in tongues, and I start praying in tongues, I'll get to a place where I'm thinking, God, I don't even know how to tell you this. I don't even know how to talk about this. I don't even know how to do that. I don't want the devil to catch this. I don't want, you know what? If I'm out praying, I just begin to pray in the Spirit, and the demons around me are totally lost. They have no clue. That's why, that's why you speak, and not, not, not just so that you can tell everybody you spoke in tongues. It's a weapon that you have 
that you can use to defeat the enemy in your life. Still trying to close. Let's go back. 2 Chronicles 32, verse 20. Now, because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader, and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring, it was his sons, struck him down with a sword and killed him. King killed Sennacherib. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and guided them to on every side. And, and many brought gifts. Get, I love this. I've got this. You've got to get this. And many brought gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations thereafter this is what will happen to you you get control over your mouth and your thoughts and God will take control you get control over your mouth and your thoughts you say I'm, I'm, we're not there yet I haven't come back next week we're not through I got some more stuff come back next week this is going to help you this week this is a start this is where you start do what I did four weeks ago Quit saying what you... Come on, stand to your feet. Quit saying what you've been saying. Come on, make a determination right now. Here's some homework. Can I give you some homework? I want you to go home, and every time you start to say something that is self-harmful, that is against you or anybody else, you stop. 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 Don't let the... See, let me... Don't... And, and just because you think it doesn't mean you have to say it. I've been told that so many times. Jimmy, you don't have to say everything you think. I've got a little problem in that area, but we're working on it. You don't have to say everything you're thinking. So a thought comes in your mind, say, well, am I supposed to? No, no, no. Don't say it. The devil says you're not going to make it. The devil's a liar. I am going to make it. Hmm. devil says you might as well give up. The devil's a liar. <laughs> he who endures to the end shall be saved. The devil says, you're not going to receive what you're looking for from the Lord. The devil's a liar. The Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. God is here. And here's what I love. Oh, I love this. That last part. Did you know what they did? They had Christmas. They had Christmas right then. I don't even know what time of the year it was. But the Bible said when Hezekiah, when the God, when God delivered them from Sennacherib, they started giving gifts. They did. They started handing out presents. They gave God presents. They gave the pastor presents. They gave others presents. They started handing out presents. They had Christmas right there. Isn't that, I love that. We're getting there. We got a few weeks. We're getting there. Here's what I want you, we're going to pray. This is why I prayed over other things earlier. Is because this is not a message that you can come to this altar and pray and have it taken care of. This is something you've got to go home with. Not everything can be taken care of. Just God, just clear my mind. 
God just healed my mind. God says, I can do that, but you're going to have to help. Quit saying what you're saying. Quit letting the devil know where your weakness is. No wonder you're attacked like you are because you keep talking like you do. No wonder, no wonder he keeps coming against you in a certain area because you keep moving over there with your mouse and your keyboard and you keep looking at things you shouldn't see. And, and no wonder, no wonder lust is coming into your heart because you don't know how to control. Quit letting the devil see everything that you're doing. How do you do that? Quit doing it. Stop it. Stop it. Four weeks ago, I think it was four, could have been five. Four weeks ago, I said, enough is enough. I will not say that again. I want, someone said, well, what'd you say? If I'm not going to let the devil know, you think I'm going to tell you? This, was, this is now between me and God. And I said, I will not say that to myself again. And from that day to this, I can tell you, I have had more victory. I've had more joy. I've had more liberty from that day to this. It will free you up. Don't let the devil find your water supply until you can get that totally taken care of. You can get it totally taken care of. Until you can get all that taken care of. Don't let him know where your weakness is. Don't let you wouldn't do it here in this world. Don't do it there. Don't do it in your mind. Don't let the devil know where your weakness is. Because when you are weak, when you are weak, he is strong. So you just submit it to God. Say, God, you know where I am. You know my mind. You know what I'm thinking. You know the problem I have. God says, yeah, keep your mouth shut. Just talk to me. Just talk to me. Just talk to me. Come on, just talk to me. Quit talking to everybody else. Quit talking. Don't call your buddy. Don't call Bubba. Tell him all about it. Quit doing that. Quit talking to your sister. Quit talking to your mama. Quit talking. I say, oh, no, 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 no. Quit it. Quit it. You just talk. God says, you talk to me. You tell me. You lay it down here before me. Confess it to me, and I will take care of you. Now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We commit our minds to you. We, 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 we've, we commit our whole lives to you. We commit our minds to you. We commit everything to you, Lord. God, you are the one who fights our battles. You're the one. You've already promised you're going to come. You're going to be with us. You're for us. You're fighting our battles. As long as we serve you and obey you and follow you, you are our captain and our. you're my king. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my Deliverer. You're all those things to me, Lord. And God, I'm going to stop the self-talk. Come on, pray this. I'm going to stop the self-talk today. I'm going to stop every. I'm going to stop talking to myself about my weaknesses and my problems. I, it's in my mind. But it's going to stay right there until I can get deliverance from my mind with it. But until then, I will not speak it. I will not say it. Quit, quit, quit talking about your problem in your relationships. Quit talking about to everybody else. Talk to God. Come on, talk to God. Let it give, give it to God. Because let me tell you something. He knows more than everybody else knows. He knows more than your mama, more than your sister, more than your brother, more than your best friend talk to him clear the room when you do it in the name of Jesus devil get out of here in fact get out of this place this morning you've been lying to people all the time I've been preaching there have been people sitting there saying it sounds good but it won't work oh yes it will oh yes it will devil you get out quit quit hindering quit hampering 
Quit, quit trying to destroy these people and those watching online. God, in the name of Jesus, we bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. We cast you out in the name of Jesus. You have no place in here in this worship. You have no place in our praise. You have no place in what we're doing here today. We have God who fights our battles. We're on the Lord's side. Jesus, come into this place. Start working with minds right now. Someone just said, I felt like giving up. I feel like a loser. When I said that earlier, I felt it so strong. I almost broke down. I felt it so strong. You've been telling yourself you're a loser. You're not a loser. You are not. The devil's a loser. He had heaven and lost it. He's the loser. You're not the loser this morning. You're not the loser this morning. Come on. Tell yourself that. I'm not a loser. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. 